All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, March 21st. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. So, and Pat, yes, go. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a big weekend to look back, but I mean, this episode, I think a lot of it is going to be about looking ahead because we got the Lost City opening on Friday. We've been talking about it for months now. One of the biggest, most important movie releases we've had in the history of the B.O. Boys. So a lot of today is going to be looking forward. But before you can look forward, you got to you got to look back. That's just the rule. Mm -hmm. But don't look back in anger. Don't look back in anger, but I mean, you could look back with frustration if if, mm-hmm. if that's what you need to do. But yeah, anger is probably too much. So we're looking back at what are you getting to here? You're getting, getting to the top, the top ten. Do we want to look back full top ten? I mean, are we just in in a period in the box office where we have to? I think we have to because. Right now, looking at this top 10, there are some debut movies that are premiering out of the top five. So, yes, it is. You're you're going to have to do a plow for the weekend of March 18th, 2022, and you're going to have to go 10 deep. And I'm getting my chops ready because it's going to we're going to come a day where we're going to have to do 10 every week. And I need to be ready. I need to get my reps in. Yeah. So let's do it. So here we go. Number one, The Batman. $36.7 million, down 45%. It lost 115 theaters. It is at $300 million domestic in its third weekend. Number two, Jujutsu Kaizen Zero, the movie, a Funimation release, came out in 2,286 theaters and made 17 million in its first weekend. Number three, Uncharted, $7.8 million, down only 15%, lost only 25 theaters. It's at $125.7 million in its fifth weekend. Number four, another newbie, X by A24, $4.4 million. It is, yeah, its first weekend. Number five, Dog, made $3.9 million, down only 23%. It lost 100 theaters. It's at $54.1 million in its fifth frame. And still hanging on, crawling up walls, number six, Spider-Man No Way Home. $3.1 million, down 22%, lost 117 theaters. It's at seven hundred and ninety seven point four million dollars in its 14th frame number seven death on the nile made 1.6 million dollars down 32 percent no theater change it's at 43.5 million dollars in its sixth weekend number eight a newbie the outfit 1.4 million dollars this was only in 1324 theaters but it only made 1.5 million dollars number nine another newbie the cashmere files 1.4 million dollars in only 230 theaters and again another newbie and rounding it out number 10 sing two 1.4 million dollars down only 10 percent 
lost 150 theaters. It's at $158.4 million in its 13th frame, and that is your top 10. Wow. That was quite a journey. Um, We've got some newbies in there. I mean, you almost had to go to 11, go all the way to 11 this week because Uh, uh, we had another newbie in there, you know, that that, that finished at 11. So I'm going to go to 11, Uma, from Sony Pictures Studio, premiered with only $915,000 in its first weekend. Limited release, 805 theaters. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's a, that's really all you could say for this. It was a Sandra O oh horror adjacent, as they like to say on, on the new flesh, horror adjacent film that did not scare up much of an audience this week. It should have been called Uh-Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which would have worked as a, a movie title, you know, for a thriller, Uh-Oh, that it pretends to there being some scary uh, scariness happening. And then it's it's just set up for what the box office was, which was putrid. Um, now, I, you mentioned quickly Brett from The New Flesh, who yes. was on this show last week. Did an excellent job. Everybody check out his podcast, The New Flesh. Mm-hmm. It's awesome horror podcast. They also do news, movie news. So listen to them. If you love us, you'll love them. And I know you love us. Right. Goes without now, saying. he went out on the limb when he did his top five. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said that X was going to be in the top five. Yep. And he was right. And he said it believing us when we said that it was a limited release, which I thought was the case because I went to the numbers and on the numbers on that Monday, it said it was a limited release, but X came out in 2,865 theaters. That does not feel limited to me. So I feel lied to because otherwise I think both of us probably would have had X where he had it, which he had it at number five. It actually just made it over dog mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we all know the power of the dog mm-hmm. and the X beat it. And we would have had that in our top fives. I also believe if we would have known the theater counts. Yeah. I mean, theater counts for, I mean, pretty much for all movies, but especially for these smaller non giant studio movies are so hard to come by until basically right when the movies drop. I mean, we scour the earth, we we scour the internet, we go to the numbers, and it is really hard to find accurate theater counts ahead of a movie's release, especially, you know, four or five days ahead. So, you know, I, I could text them this. Obviously, we've got a cell phone number, not to brag, but I do. Jeff Bach at Exhibitor Relations Co. Putting out the bat signal here, putting out the box signal. If you know of a reliable place not the numbers but a reliable place to know ahead of time the theater counts for these upcoming releases for these debuts send that our way because it it really does affect the ability to accurately predict what these movies are going to make and i gotta say for brett arnold nailed it you know let's give him we haven't done this for in a while but let's give him some applause oh i caught you off guard there but 
Yeah, my hands were not in a position to start clapping. Mine are always ready to clap. I, I'm an optimist. You're you're less than an optimist, so that's why you're never you're you don't walk around in the clapping ready position like I do. But oh well, th- there my hands are always in a resting thumbs down position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yin and yang. But Brett clapping for him. He nailed that X was going to open well enough to be in the top five. Of course, I think he had to to some degree because. He's a host of a horror movie podcast, The New Flesh. So he had to rep horror. You know, he couldn't let horror take the hit of being uh, predicted to finish below Dog, below Spider-Man. So he he kind of had to do it, but he did it and he nailed it. He nailed that X was going to open in the top five. So X is at number four, open to 4.4 million, looking at the theater per theater average of 1,500. I mean, to me... This is, I think, a good opening because in the end, this is an A24 movie, and I've seen some comparisons out there that it opened a lot lower than The Witch did years ago, and it opened a lot lower than Midsommar did a few years ago. And to me, those are wild comps because even though those are A24 horror movies, X is a horror movie about a porno shoot and yes that is going to limit the mainstream appeal of the movie you know the witch is a small horror movie but it's about a witch you know people people are down with witches across all age groups or across all beliefs i guess but and Midsommar was the follow-up to Hereditary, so that had a lot of buzz going into it. You know, it was more anticipated of a... It was a bigger release, and it was it it, it was released Midsommar. It was released in July, if I remember correctly. You know, X is a horror movie about a 70s porno shoot. So for this to open at $4.4 million, I think... I would be surprised if A24 is disappointed with this. I, and I also would assume this is a very modestly budgeted movie. You know, this is an all-in-one location horror movie. I don't think that they needed to to open to 10 to $15 million to turn a profit, is my and I guess. I think they've already... I believe Ty West also directed a prequel for this movie already already shot it with Mia Goth. So that is something I I uh I could vouch for because I heard them talk about this on the New Flesh just today. They were talking about how indeed Ty West has shot a X either prequel or sequel maybe at the same time as his film. So they've already got something else in the bank. So, you know, it's he's a blubberilla situation. Yes. Yes. He is. He is pulling a Dr. Uwe Boll. He's filming the second movie in between shots on the main movie. And listen, that's a proven method for success. I mean, Dr. Uwe Boll has done that, I think, several times. And the guy's made 30 to 40 movies. So he's obviously doing something right. So mm-hmm. if you're Ty West and you're looking for a business model to emulate, you could do a lot worse than Dr. Uwe Boll and Blubberella. So, uh, you know, I, again, with X, I just can't 
have seen the world in which this movie opens to double digits. Again, the premise, you know, having a porno centric premise, I'm excited about it. You're excited about it. There's definitely people, the people who are excited about a porno centric premise are very excited about it, but there's always going to be a ceiling to that. You know, porno centric premises are going to be a little bit closed off. You know, look well, at look yeah. at the low box office for Zach and Miri shoot a porno. Mm-hmm. You know, that that came in at the time that was what? A a Judd Apatow produced movie? Yes. Right? Was it Kevin Smith wrote directed, but it was an Apatow produced movie and it was right in the middle of the everything Apatow touches turns to gold streak, even with his produced movies like super bad. And that was one of the few movies in that run that didn't connect at the box office. And it's a porno centric premise. You know, there is a limit to porno centric premises at the box office. You can even look at something like come play Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and just mm -hmm. the title of come play. Right probably kneecapped it at the box office right 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 a horror movie again a horror movie that came out what october of the pandemic year 2020 and come play did not connect at the box office and it was again people heard that title they heard us pronounce that title and they they said this is this is not for me we can't do this and even more recently blacklight Blacklight, a movie that's premise was Liam Neeson was some sort of ex-FBI guy. It was very vague. And then to have that tagline be they're going to need more men. Right. I mean, we've right. talked about what we that movie could be about, what people think that movie could be about. And it just turned people off. So you're right. The porno has migrated fully to home viewing. And mm-hmm. it's been that way since VHSs. Right, right, right. Porno always had its own physical space in a video store. It had the beaded off corner of a video store where that is where the porno movies are, which again, nothing, of course, nothing against those movies. And and when you would go to those video stores, the people who would go into the beaded off corner of the video store to get their porno movies are some of the most enthusiastic customers that you're going to see in the store all week. They love Mm -hmm. that content, but there was a limit to how many copies of those you could sell compared to a Batman returns or a Jurassic park. You know, there, there, there just is a ceiling. We've always said it. It's unfair. There's a ceiling for pornography and you know that's that was just always going to be a ceiling that x would be limited by also just the title x you're going to have some degree of people just assuming it's x rated and maybe they can't get in yes and and and, and that's so true and the thing is with the generation of people that no longer go to the movies the older mm-hmm. generation mm-hmm. the fred willards right i mean r.i.p obviously Right. Rest in porno. That's the age group that went to porno theaters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And unfortunately, mm -hmm. they are passing on. Right, right. 
And so the the younger generation knows my phone is where I see porno. Mm -hmm. The theater is where I see Spidey. Yes, exactly. If anything, the the young moviegoers, you know, the 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 teenagers and the tweens and the early twenty somethings who make up so much of the modern box office, they get their porno content while they're on a train or while they're sitting on the toy toy, you know, while they are having breakfast and one hand has the spoon going into their cereal, the other hand has the phone showing their porno. That's where they get porno. So they, they're, yeah, they're just not used to seeing it. And again, this movie is not a porno. X is not a porno. It is a horror film with a porno centric premise, but you know, it all, it all gets mixed up in everyone's head. You know, and and I think that's true. I think there's probably there's going to be that ceiling because the younger audience is going to say, "I'll wait until this gets to my phone because that's where I watch pornos. That's where I watch porno centric horror films." And and I know X, we're going to probably have to think about this in the terms of its hold, right? Four point four, we like it. We're happy with it. I'm sure A twenty four is happy with it. But is the word of mouth going to be good? How will it hold out? Can it hold out right. for right. more than one weekend? Yeah. Right? Is yeah. this front loaded? Did it already did I mean, did it already blow its load? Is is my question. Right, 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 right. Or, and I hate to be crass, but I feel like there there's just low-hanging fruit that slaps you in the face and you just have to grab it just so you can maneuver mm-hmm. in a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, no, I agree. I think that, yeah, with with X, it's going to be, can it think about baseball long enough to have a good second weekend, a good third weekend, a good fourth weekend? And we'll see because we'll all be watching. You know, that's the thing is that we're all going to be on the sidelines with uh, uh, you know, just 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 watching this drool running down the side of our mouth as we watch to see what X could do week after week. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I have heard, I haven't seen it yet. I'm very excited to see this film. I think I'll be able to see it by the end of this week. But I have really heard good things, you know. And within something like horror, word of mouth is really really important because you're you're trying to super serve an audience and they might not have all gone the first weekend but if the horror heads keep hearing good things about this movie then yeah maybe x can hold out maybe it didn't blow its load on the first weekend or maybe it's the type of movie that just is able to have multiple multiple shots you know mm-hmm yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what what kind of load X could could deliver in its second weekend. But yeah. I, I I like the first weekend's load. I look at the opening load and I think X could be very proud of uh, what came out. Well, so speaking of first weekend loads, oh my god, Juj- here we go, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. another Funimation joint. Opened in 200, 2000, sorry, 2,286 theaters, made 17.6 million. 
again, Funimation coming out of to us nowhere, which mm-hmm. we gotta always be scrounging around looking for these. I mean, we were we were spending so much time on Uma mm-hmm. and whether X was platforming mm-hmm. that Jujutsu just came out of nowhere. And yeah. we should have seen it coming. We, we, yeah. we, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on me again. Yo, you keep getting, you could get shamed multiple times. If it's we, always know your fault. Yes, yes. When you get well, fooled, it's always your fault. Even the first one is your fault. But it's never the Bo Boys' fault. So that's the main thing to keep in mind: is that we. Could not see this coming. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe some will say we could have, but in honesty, we could not have seen this coming. But it came, much like X, it came and $17.6 million opening weekend. So now this is the same studio that a year ago put out Demon Slayer, the movie, right? Yes, which went toe to toe with Mortal Kombat in a Mm -hmm. battle. One of the first. Box office battles we had in this post-ish uh, COVID world that opened at twenty-two point seven. Wow! And that was was that pretty much a year ago? Was that in? It was in, April twenty-third. Wow. Okay, so a little more than a year, a few weeks from now. So Funimation, they've really got something going with these sort of anime video game you know like under the radar but i think youth targeted properties that they are making movies out of and it goes to show so i'm actually gonna bring up this is something that wannabe old boy austin mentioned that that is really what uh stuck out to him with the uh jujitsu release is it jujitsu? Ju- yeah, jujitsu. I think it's jujutsu because there's J U J U T S U. So I would mm-hmm. assume it's jujutsu. Um, that so what Austin says about this is it makes me think that maybe as the pandemic the pandemic winds down, fingers crossed, and movies come back, uh, moviegoers come back in clearly bigger numbers, but these specialty releases are only going to get bigger. I think we're seeing a future where maybe people view going to the movies as a true event, especially as ticket prices go up. And so that while they might abandon genre stuff like Marry Me, they'll go out in droves to see specialty movies like Christmas with the Chosen, BTS, and Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, yeah. So that is a great point in that this just may be the natural transition from old genres that don't really work anymore to new genres that the younger people of today want. You know, it Mm -hmm. is like we always say, there was a time when every movie at the box office was a Western, you know, back in the fifties, it was all Westerns. And of course, Westerns are not dead. You'll still have Westerns that are hits, but not every movie at the theater is a Western. The same way not every movie at the theater is a musical the way they were in the 30s. There are just yes. genres that that ebb and flow in popularity. And so the genres that might be 
ebbing? No, flowing. The the genres that might be flowing are these youth centric, uh, uh, anime animated movies. You know, foreign language movies that all people in in North America at the North American box office, if they are of a certain age, are gonna see as big events. And that it just might be this is a new type of genre that we're all going to have to understand is replacing maybe romantic comedies, you know, replacing legal thrillers, you know, legal thrillers might be on the way out and anime foreign language movies are on the way in. The generation below us, Mm -hmm. well, I guess two generations below us were raised on quote unquote adult animation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When we were kids, we had The Simpsons. We had Fish Police. Mm -hmm. Capital Critters. We had Capital Critters. We had The Family Dog. Mm -hmm. These were the adult animation that we knew. Mm -hmm. Now, anime is so huge. There's networks. I mean, Crunchyroll is, I believe, a network that's completely anime Mm -hmm. so these are the kind of movies that yeah they're gonna have a big audience and you're gonna see them get bigger and bigger and bigger and i think that's fine right because if it puts butts in the seats yep then it's good on us because we're the bo boys and we love bo yeah yeah i I am so happy stink up the box office Mm -hmm. in a positive way Mm -hmm. then even though they're a blind spot I love being blindsided by something like this because it's positive. Right, right, right. And because the thing about the B.O. boys is even when you think you've blinded us, which you all you've really done is make us see even more clearly. Yes, you've opened you know, our eyes. You've opened our eyes. You know, Jujutsu Kaizen, some will say out there, that was a blind spot for the B.O. boys, and instead, here we are, and I could see better than I ever have before, because I could see into the future of movies and genres that work at the box office, and I see these anime films, these, these youth-oriented animated films, they might be the future of what sells people popcorn. So I could see, it, it, I could see clearly now. The rain, the rain is, is gone. gone. The rain yeah. is gone. All obstacles, yeah, in my yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this coupled with the emergence of something like Uncharted, which is a very big hit based on a video game, another mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that is integral to youth culture. Mm-hmm. The, the butt of jokes, like superhero movies were back in the day, Superhero right. movies were the butt of jokes back in the day. Now they're the most prominent IPs. They're mm-hmm. the biggest blockbuster movies. And you took the small sample size of, wow, they've been doing uh, video game movies for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. and they've never been huge hits. Well, it takes a while for certain things to become cemented in the culture and video gaming gamers if you Mm -hmm. will Mm -hmm. are for better or worse a part of our culture now yep and they are going to drive business 
to the theaters. And so you're seeing these things, adult animation and uh, uh, video game adaptations becoming prominent forces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they might be usurping other things that we we prefer, you know, something like Deep Water not getting a theatrical release. Like Deep Water would not have made uh, jujutsu money. It just would right. have. Right. And 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 I think that is a problem that a lot of people of a certain age have where they cling to the past and they cling to what they know and they are unable to to change with the times and to see the future and that is not the B.O. Boys way. We love erotic thrillers. We love yes. Ben Affleck in an erotic thriller. I mean, we both watched Deep Water opening weekend on Streamo and we both loved it. And and it's a type of movie that I would have loved to see in a movie theater. But like you said, I do not sit here today on, on March 21st. I do not sit here and think that if deep water had opened this weekend, it would have made more than jujutsu. It just would not. It doesn't matter how much I like erotic thrillers, how much I love Ben Affleck as a movie star, how little I've ever watched anime or ever will. None of that matters when it comes to what reality is. Reality is deep water being on Streamo makes business sense for what the 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, teens, tweens, and early 20s, what they want because they're the ones right now fueling the BO. We've seen older audiences are coming back. You know, Dog was a big step in the right direction. It's bringing back the the older audiences. It's training the older audiences to come back to the movies. But it's still going to be the teens, the tweens, the early 20s who are making things into blockbusters. Now, you mentioned Dog. Yes, I did. Do you want to take a little time to make a retraction here? I do. Uh, I am going to cite... A listener, a wannabe old girl, Sarah W., she emailed us this. So so actually, it was last week when we were talking about Channing Tatum as a movie star, and I threw out a movie that I uh, uh, was citing some of his box office miss, missteps, you know, in his uh, big movie star run, I threw out a title broken city, which in my mind, I remembered the previous week's guest, Scott Mendelson throwing out as a misstep on Channing Tatum. So I threw that out last weekend. I threw out and, and I'm not going to blame Scott Mendelson. This is what I remember him saying, but I'm the one who said what I said. And I said, broken city as a rare example of a Channing Tatum star that did not work at the box office. And then we just got this email from wannabe old girl Sarah W. She says, and I quote, I'm not a Channing Tatum zealot, but I am a fan of his. And I don't think Broken City should count against his box office cred when he wasn't in that movie. I barely remember that movie because the only time I've seen it was when it was in the theater, but I'm pretty sure Channing wasn't in it. I looked on IMDb and Channing is not listed in the cast. It's not listed under his credits. I do agree that Channing has had some bombs, but I don't think Broken City should be counted against him. 
Sincerely, B.O. Girl, Sarah W. End quote. So there you, you go. Sarah. Perfectly reasonable, and we agree with you. Yes, yes. So she is correct. Channing Tatum was not in the film Broken City. Uh, just another, here's the thing, though. This only strengthens the argument I was making, because the argument I was making was that Channing Tatum really has had very few box office missteps in his movie star run. You know, mm-hmm. and I was throwing Broken City out along with White House Down as some of the only true big budget above the title movies of Channing Tatum that didn't work. And it turns out Broken City is not even a movie he was in. So thank you, wannabe old girl Sarah W. for A, setting the record straight. Channing Tatum's not in Broken City. But more importantly, showing again that I was correct. My argument is even more sound than I thought it was at the moment I was making it. Channing Tatum, not in Broken City. He has had so few flops. And again, he's got dog out right now, which is just holding at such an incredible rate. I mean, dog came in number five this weekend, only a 23% drop. It's now up to 54 million domestic after five weeks. We're looking at a $15 million budgeted guy and his dog dramedy that is going to clear over 60 million domestic has a shot at making 65, maybe even 70 is in, in, in the grasp of this dog, but it's going to clear at least 60. This is such a success, you know, and Channing Tatum in one week, he's had dog become a bigger success and Broken City has fallen off of his resume as a bomb because, as Sarah W. pointed out, he wasn't even in that movie. So, yeah, there so you it's go. a good week and it could get even better. Yeah. But that's a little tease because what we could end up with is two box office stars, one solidifying themselves, one burgeoning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could have simultaneously two hits at the same time talking tom holland having spider-man no way home and uncharted mm-hmm. and channing tatum could have dog and the lost city both on the charts at the same time wouldn't that be amazing but we'll get to that we'll get to the lost city we got to stay in the top 10 here yep. for a little we'll bit get, longer we'll get to that shortly because to me there's not a ton well i mean god it does just show how much news there is in the box office because we are this far into the episode and we have not even talked really about the number one film of the box office, which was the third weekend of the Batman, the third weekend of the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. It's $36 million for the weekend and 300 for the total of its domestic run after three weeks. So Clayton, you're chomping at the bit. What do you got to say about where the Batman is at as of today? Well, it's just, I mean, people like this movie. People are going to see this movie. I know that sounds not mind-blowing, but in the market that we're in, in the times that we're in, something like an almost three-hour Batman movie 
the fact that it's putting butts in the seats and young people's butts in the seats and they're going back to see this movie is positive, down only 45%. I mean, it had that spectacular 50% drop, spectacular in a good way, on of how low it was last weekend. And now we're looking at 45%. I mean, these are great holds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, there is some controversy because there this is going to HBO Max in 45 days. Mm. And pundits are complaining this is going to keep it from a billion. It's going to keep it from a billion. And that is TBD, to be decided. Mm-hmm. TBS, to be seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I still think people want to go experience this in the theater. They just want to. It's it, We've seen it. And I think this still has a chance of reaching high, high, high heights because of that want and need to be with other like-minded people and seeing a movie in the theaters. Yeah. I mean, the, the you know, we've been talking since, basically since movie theaters came back post quote unquote pandemic and HBO Warner started their day and date release thing that there's a go into the movies audience and there's a watch things at home audience. I think the, that little extra bit of money is going to, is going to be that people who maybe would have seen the Batman a fifth time in the theater might see it that fifth time at home once it's on HBO. But I mean, I feel like we have talked about release windows for so long We've always argued for there needs to be a window, but we've also argued that that window needed to be shorter than what it used to be. You know, windows used to be months and months, you know, at least 90 days. Sometimes you'd have, you know, 120, 150 days. That was ridiculous. So I can't be the one to sit here and say a 45-day window is wrong, you know, that that they got to hold off longer before they put on HBO. To me, a 45-day window is still going to be enough time where most movies will earn the majority of their domestic box office in a month, in a month and a half. So I don't think the HBO drop in 45 days will really have that big of an effect on what the Batman ultimately makes. It's making all its money now. Yes, absolutely. uh, These, I mean, we've seen that that Spider-Man no way home. It's still, I mean, it's available now on PVOD mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it made $3.1 million in its 14th weekend. People want to see these big movies on a big screen. Yeah. They just do. Period. Yeah. And the people you hear screaming and yelling, I've got as big a screen at home. No, you don't. No, you no, don't. No, you don't. You You're don't. a liar. Stop lying. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It might be more comfortable, but I've said this before. Life is not about comfort. Life mm-hmm. is about experience. Mm-hmm. 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 And no, if that, you don't that push is... your boundaries, your boundaries will lock you in. And you know yeah. where you end up? in a cage of your own boundaries. So if you want to be that and you want to have your quote-unquote big screen and watch all your movies at home, that's your right. 
but don't say that that's how everyone feels because that is not true. And we're the we're seeing that because the proof is in the pudding, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything there. And I think that there's not much to say about the Batman right now. It's doing incredible. 300 million at this point is probably what they would have hoped to make domestically overall. Because, I mean, going into the release of the Batman, the big comp for this movie was Nolan's first Batman movie, Batman Begins. And that movie, uh, I know, didn't even, that did not end up at 300 million um, total. Let me see what it was, uh, what it ended up at. I'm going to think it made maybe 220 domestically. Uh, It made. 373 worldwide and domestic made 206 million. So yeah, the Batman is a success compared to the, the comp that it, uh, most people had before it came out. And then you look at it compared to the dark Knight rises, which was the last Nolan movie. And at the same point in time, that movie had made 350 where the Batman is at 300 that of course came out in August. That uh, that came out in July of 2012. So that was a summer movie. That also was following one of the most popular movies of all time, The Dark Knight. So it's all to say the Batman is not just doing well. It is way overperforming what I think Warner Brothers or anyone else would have hoped it would have done. You know, it's it's, it's way bigger than Batman Begins. It is pacing nicely with The Dark Knight Rises. It's not going to end up at the same spot, but no one could have thought it would end up at the same spot as The Dark Knight Rises because Dark Knight Rises was such a anticipated movie coming off of The Dark Knight and The Joker and all that. And it's outpacing Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. It's going to make more domestically... Then, because because it, Dawn of Justice only made three hundred and thirty, and we've got to remember this is the what third reboot of this franchise. I mean, you can say that there was a reboot after. Well, no, it's got to be the fourth, right? Because you could say there was kind of a the the Schumacher were a reboot after Burton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a way, right? A shift. So you've you've got people going to see another Batman movie, a three-hour Batman movie, after so many different iterations. The fact that it is doing what it's doing is a success. Yes, yes. No, the Batman's a huge success, and uh, we will see at what you know. At some point, I think we're going to analyze who gets credit. For the success of the Batman, we are not there yet because this movie has still got hundreds of millions of dollars it's going to make. Well, I guess domestically, it seems like this movie is going to get to 400. Mm-hmm. I think 500 becomes a reach. Yes. But I would guess at this point, this is a movie that is going to clear 400 domestic for sure. So we'll wait until we break up the money and uh, divvy up the credit. That'll come on a future B.O. Boys. 
And then the one last thing, I think we need to mention the outfit very quickly, the Zoe Deutsch, Mark Rylance, mm-hmm. Dylan O'Brien film mm-hmm. that only opened in 1,300 theaters, made 1.4. We said it had no shot at the top five, could go under a million. It did not do that. It's just there's no place for Zoe Deutsch right now, and it's unfortunate because she's so winning Right. And it would be nice to see her in a starring vehicle. But again, everything she's good at seems to have its home on streaming. Yeah. Although even in the best of times for a movie star, an emerging movie star like her, something like the outfit probably was never going to be the best way to make her into a star. You know, Mm -hmm. it is she's playing second banana to Mark Rylance in a, what seems to be a quiet, you know, one setting, not even a thriller, just a atmospheric uh, uh, drama of some sort with, with, you know, this to me very much just from the trailer feels like a version of the bad Tarantino ripoffs from the 90s. You know, not in the manic way, but just in that way of like, here's a bunch of criminals convening at one place. And for the most part, those movies, even in the 90s, were never box office hits and they didn't really churn out new movie stars. Sometimes movie stars would dip their toe into a cameo into those type of movies, but they they were never star vehicles then and so i don't think there would have been a world in which the outfit in 2022 was going to be a star vehicle for zoe deutsch you know yeah even though they don't make two days in the valley didn't make charlie's there on a star exactly exactly so uh, this could be uh, zoe deutsch's two days in the valley where when it's on cable someday you're like oh she was in that Mm -hmm. and it was never going to make her a star. I mean, the problem, of course, is the thing that would make her a star are rom-coms, and those are not really theatrically released. You know, that's a genre that's dying out in favor of video game movies, in favor of anime, animation movies. So the thing is, the outfit was never going to be a hit in any decade. Mark Rylance, he's got his Oscar. He's He's been good in, in movies, but him carrying a movie at the box office is just not going to happen. I mean, he was the star of the BFG, which was one of the biggest box office bombs for Steven Spielberg. So this guy has got his Oscar, but to say he's box office is, is uh, kind of a ridiculous statement. And then Dylan O'Brien, not really hitting also bad on curb. Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm, was bad mm-hmm. in his episode. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's not going to help the box office either being a, a rare bomb on Curb Your Enthusiasm. One other thing I want to note before we look ahead to close the episode. Death on the Nile came in number seven. It made 1.6 million. It's now up to 43 million domestic. Now, this movie is a is a is a bomb. Or at least a big disappointment, you know, since the first movie, Murder on the Orient Express, made over $100 million domestic. So, obviously a disappointment. But this movie opened to 
just under 13 million in its opening weekend. It's at 43 million now. So it has already done a three plus multiplier of its opening weekend. You figure it's going to end up at around 45 million, maybe 46 million. So it's going to end up doing three and a half times its opening weekend. So the legs on Death on the Nile have been good. The mm-hmm. problem was it opened too low, but it is a movie that has not cratered in its run. It's a movie no. that has legged out pretty well. The problem was the budget was too high and the starting point was too low, but the legs on Death on the Nile have been admirable. It feels to me like the earlier, what was the film, The King's Man? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has that Kingsman feel where yes. it's just always in the top five or ten and it's leggy, but it's not coming from a big starting point, which is the right. killer. Right, right, right. So, you know, and again, I think we've said this, Death on the Nile, like the Kingsman, is sort of an admirable bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's time we look ahead. We got to. We've been we've been talking about this this movie for a long time. Mm-hmm. Not Broken City. Not Broken but, City. No, no. But the Lost City. Yes. Starring Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt. Yes. yes, yes. This is a film that we think is going to be a huge, huge signpost mm-hmm. as to whether adults are going to films mm-hmm. and in the future will continue to go see films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whether movies can be hits, big hits, you know, not, not just a movie that makes back its budget, not just a movie that does 50 60 million on a small budget but whether a movie can be a big hit as a completely original movie that is the draw of the movie are the movie stars and the premise not an ip not a superhero not even a video game you know we've talked about how uncharted is based on a video game but it feels original but it is ip uncharted is based on property The Lost City is not based on any existing property. It is just an original premise with movie stars at the center. And it's the type of movie that in the 80s, in the 90s, made up so much of the box office. So many of the big hit movies of that time were these type of movies. So can The Lost City show that that is a viable way to go? And yes. We're optimistic. I think the closer we've gotten to this release, I know I feel even more optimistic because reviews on... We we try and not give a lot of air to review culture and and, uh, what has become a, a cultural critique culture. You know, we try not to put too much stock on that. But I do think a movie like The Lost City, good reviews are important. You know, to get that older audience out 
and especially to get an audience to come to something where there's not already an IP that they care about, that you need good reviews and then you need good word of mouth. You know, Spider-Man could be a bad movie and still open big because people love Spider-Man and they know that already. But The Lost City has to be good to get people to come out to it. And the thing that makes me optimistic is so far, I'm hearing good things from reviews. You know, uh, not everything is in, but early reviews are all saying this is a fun time at the movies. And they, Paramount, did put out a lot of preview screenings last weekend. You know, Saturday Mm -hmm. night last weekend, you could go and buy a ticket and see The Lost City. And A, I've heard those theaters anecdotally. There's a lot of full theaters from those Saturday preview screenings. And I am hearing good word of mouth from people I know who have seen this movie. And that is all going to be really important for The Lost City. Reviews and word of mouth are going to have to be good for this to hit that next gear. And so right now, signs are looking good for this movie, but we will see. Well, here's the thing about these preview showings and, and all this. I, I there There is a fuss sometimes about how much money is folded into that first weekend from previews. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a really insidious version of that, like Tenet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you can have the Batman, which you saw that was a big opening weekend, but then you saw the hold, which showed that there was the demand for this movie. Like that's the thing about these previews is that if this comes in with an inflated number because of early previews, the, the, the thing about it is that if people come and see it that second weekend, then none of that matters because what it did was incentivize people. People Mm -hmm. came and they liked it. Right. Yeah. Because you can have a big first weekend because a lot of preview money folded in there and it looks splashy. And then it tanks the second weekend because nobody liked it. They feel like they were scammed and they they show it with their wallets. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting preview money in this opening weekend, all that's going to do is make people look at it as a success. People want to back a winning horse. They'll go and they'll go see this film. They'll tell their friends. Their friends will go see it and you're going to have a success on your hands, right? Mm-hmm. So if this movie opens to 25 and some of that is from Wednesday, some of that's from Thursday, some of that's from earlier previews, that's fine because we have to wait and see what that hold is. Right, right. And, and that's the other thing with this movie. We're putting a lot into the opening week. And I do think there is a... There is a threshold to if this movie opens in the teens, it's going to have a hard time becoming a success. You know, I do think we, we, we'd we love to see it and I could see a world in which The Lost City opens over 30, but it needs, if it opens in the 20s, I think that's fine. If it opens in the teens, that's a problem. But Lost City is going to have to be a leggy movie. You know, Mm -hmm. Lost City is not a movie where it will open to 50. That's not happening. Lost City, if it's going to end up being a success, which I would say 90, 
plus a million dollars domestic makes this a a big success. Hundred oh, million dollars yeah. would be would be great because that's still the mythical you know magic number where everyone loves to see a, a movie get over a hundred million dollars. That's a hit. But if it's going to hit those levels, it's going to be because of the second, third, fourth weekend. You know, it's going to have yes. to be leggy. So I'm looking right now at Sandra Bullock because we've talked a lot about Channing Tatum these last few weeks because of the dog run. But looking at Sandra Bullock, who for her, this is a not a comeback, but this is she's taken a little break from the box office, you know, because she's done Bird Box for Netflix, which was one of their biggest movies of all time, The Unforgivable, which was also one of the biggest Netflix movies of all time. According to sources, those are two of the top five most viewed Netflix movies ever. But she hasn't had a box office movie since June of 2018, Ocean's 8. And Ocean's 8, which, you know, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison because Ocean's 8 was a IP movie. But it opened in June of 2018, opening weekend, $41 million, legged out all the way to $139 million, so almost a four times multiplier. So a leggy movie, big opening weekend. I would argue, even though it's a uh, franchise movie, she kind of is the main draw of that movie. You know, it's not like the Oceans movies without Clooney and Brad Pitt are Spider-Man. You know, there's a world in which you plug in uh, um, just some other mid-level movie star and that movie opens to 15 million easily. So looking at her last movie, she went, she took her break after a big hit. You know, to me, Sandra Bullock has a chance to just pick up right where she left off. She's not coming back after a lull. She's not coming back after having been disgraced you know she's kind of just coming back to the box office after she decided to take a little break yeah and and i think it's she's reapplying for the job of the world's biggest movie star yep and we're willing to 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 give her another shot i think people want to see her on any screen they can see her on and as of recently that's been the small screen. Right. But I think people are clamoring to see her on the big screen. Yes. No, I agree. I think we've been talking a lot about Channing Tatum and just forgetting what a giant star Sandra Bullock is and how much it's going to mean that in this final week before the movie comes out, she's going to be hitting up all the chat shows, doing all the, you know, the internet freak shows doing all the press and reminding everyone there is a Sandra Bullock movie coming out on Friday. You know, that is a big, big deal. The amount of promotion she could do and just how much it means to middle America, to the plane billies, to the earth dogs, to everyone who lives in the stacks, how much Sandra Bullock means to them. She is a Joe lunch pail, Jane crochet. Yep. Yep. She is. She's a huge star to the coastal least, no doubt, because we recognize success. But she is for sure one of the remaining true movie stars to the people who live in the stacks. Unless we forget Brad Pitt 
is also in this movie, a guy who went from next big thing to star to character actor mm-hmm. to Oscar winner to beloved show up anywhere and get a smile from people. Yep. And, you know, that is that is an interesting giant value add of this movie is that Brad Pitt had one of the busy, biggest successes of his career. He had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood back in summer of 2019, which was a huge domestic hit. It's an original movie that made, what, 140, 150 domestic. He won the Oscar for it. And he's kind of gone away since then. He has made himself scarce, which makes yourself more valuable. This is the first real Brad Pitt that we have gotten since one of his most popular movies ever. Mm -hmm. So people are clamoring. You've got two big comebacks and not comebacks again in the way of they're trying to come back after a failure. They're both coming back, Sandra Bullock and, and Brad Pitt, they're coming back after little breaks where they were take a break after probably their peaks of their popularity. Well, and, and Channing, again, we mentioned it before, but he's on the comeback trail. Right. Right. I mean, he's at three comebacks in one movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everything's lining up for this, but I'm going to throw out something and let's see if we either want to go with this or debunk this. Something that I have heard as a possible obstacle for the opening weekend of The Lost City is that this Sunday, March 27th, on ABC television and previewed on E! Entertainment and various channels all day, we have the Academy Awards. The Oscars no, happens it, this Sunday. Uh, to does that you matter? Immediately. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does I, not matter. I have to completely agree the Oscars as a as a competition to other uh, uh, entertainment options, the Oscars do not matter. They because, don't matter. And this is coming from, Pat, when we get off the mics, yes. we're both going to go eat food because we yep. hunger. Yes. Then, short break, then we're back on the mics mm-hmm. for Get Rich Nick because yes. we have been talking about award season. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about where to put your money and how to win big during award season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be on that show. You'll probably hear that at some point after this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even us who have gold man fever yep. know that the regular culture gives two rat patooies mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. the Oscars at this point. We right. both think this is going to be very, very low rated. Yes. In, yes. in a year where Will Smith is almost a slam doink mm-hmm. to win best picture. I mean, I'm sorry, best actor. Mm-hmm. It still will not bring in the eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, you know, the the argument is that the Academy Awards are maybe very female skewing 
And the Lost City is obviously, if it's going to hit that next level, you're going to want that to have a big female audience at the box office. But it just, you look at the ratings for the Academy Awards last year, I think it was about 9 million viewers. That is, back in the day when the Academy Awards were getting 35, 40, 50 million viewers, you don't open a big movie, especially a female skewing movie, on Oscars weekend. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, the Oscars on Sunday will get 8 to 10 or 11 million viewers. That is not, in the grand scheme of things, a big deal. Sunday nights, you know, on the East Coast, Sunday afternoon on the West Coast, I don't see that being a problem for the lost city. I just and, don't. And, and I, listen, I, I agree. We love the Oscars. We've been talking about go, go to get rich Nick podcast feed, listen to the episodes. We've been on that show just about every other week for the last two months. Amazing content. Just so much BO boys content on the get rich Nick. We've been talking a lot of Oscars. We love the Oscars, but the best way right now to intake the Oscars is by listening to Get Rich Nick, listening to the BO Boys give predictions, gambling on the Oscars, and then dipping in to see if your bets paid off. But beyond that, the Oscars are not a big viewing destination, and I don't think they're a competition for this or any other movie. Well, because we know the new box office rules are product-driven. Therefore, if the Lost City is in the theater and someone wants to see it, they will go. Right. They're not just showing up at the theater and saying, entertain me. Right. They're going because they want to see The Lost City. Right, right. So, and, yeah. Well, let's get down to it. How much do people want to see The Lost City? Is this movie going to hit what I think is a really magical number? Is it going to hit over $30 million in its opening weekend? Well, it's currently tracking... Anywhere from 17 to 27. Yeah. Wannabe O'Boy, Austin, said, do you want to get nuts? And we Mm -hmm. said, yeah, let's get nuts. And he Mm -hmm. said 32. And, you know, the the guy is is pretty spot on a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's in the industry. Yep. He's got his finger on the pulse. He's Mm -hmm. a youngster. He's a legitimate youngster. Yep. And so how am I to argue with him? I do think that this will reach the magical number of 30. I don't think it'll reach 32. I hope it does. I hope it does 34, 35, 36, whatever. I think it will reach 30. I agree. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go 32. Who am I to, to bet against Austin And so I agree with Austin. This is going to hit 32. Listen, we have been talking about this movie for months now. We've been talking about the importance of this movie. And we, we just, the momentum keeps building. You know, if, if the momentum had slowed, if reviews were bad, if word of mouth was bad, if we've been hearing that those preview screenings were empty, if, you know, uh, dog had been such a bomb that we felt like Channing Tatum was a albatross rather than what he is, which is a huge value. If that had happened in the months leading up to this movie, 
I would have been honest and I would have said, we've got a, a possible problem on our hands. But everything's been pointing up. Lost City, I'm going with Austin, $32 million opening weekend. Now, the thing is, we're going high. I feel like anything this movie makes opening weekend in the 20s is good. You know, if this movie opens to 21 million, it may feel like a disappointment because we're going so high. But I think that's fine because this is going to be, needs to be a leggy movie. It, lower than that, if this movie opens in the teens, then we've got a problem. That That's where I'm at on this opening weekend. So let's, let's do our top fives. Let's do it. Uh, okay. So with the assumption that this is going to make 30. Mm-hmm. It's going to unseat the Batman for me. Yes. So yes. number one, the Lost City. Number mm-hmm. two, the Batman. Mm-hmm. Number three, I do think so Jujutsu will still be in theaters, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think it will be third. Okay. Number four is going to be Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Number five, Dog takes down X. Okay. I just think the strength of Doug, this dog run, I I, I think X had a, a, you know, I think X blew its load. Okay. So I'm going to say Doug is your number five movie next weekend. I mean, I think obviously Lost City number one, Batman number two. I think Uncharted goes to number three because I could see Jujutsu having like a 60% drop, which would bring it closer to, oh, you know what though? Then that's still it's, 9 yeah, million. Yeah, it made 17. Yeah, so it's like, will it have like a 70% drop? So I guess, yeah, I guess, I honestly, I think I'm going to go the same top five because I think Dog is going to gonna hop over X and finish number five. So I am going to have to go the same top five as you. I guess we're both predicting a lot of people are doing Channing Tatum double features this weekend. Yeah. Well, because I think those are different audiences too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a crossover. There's a Venn diagram, but there is a lot of people who, there are a lot of people, <laughs> mm-hmm. fuck it, it's, it's a rough eight, we're doing it live, mm-hmm. that are going to see dog because if it's military dog themes right and they wouldn't see the lost city right yeah yeah i mean it's gonna be a big big weekend for channing tatum a big weekend for tom holland and uh you know it's 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 gonna be the i mean I can't wait. Well, to frankly, talk let's Sandra say Bullock. it's a big re- it's a big weekend for us because yes, the Lost yes. City is a big movie for us. Yes, and we're going to be sitting, staring at Deadline. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until yeah. Anthony D'Alessandro comes with those previews. That, yeah, those Thursday preview numbers on Friday. Yeah, it's going to be huge and. Uh, Listen, you got to be right here next week for the B.O. Boys episode covering the opening weekend, The Lost City. It's going to be one of our biggest episodes ever. So, you know, make your reservations now is what Mm -hmm. I would say. You know, don't 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 chance it 
that you're going to miss it. Just make your reservation and be here because it's going to be huge. So, Pat, where can they find us? Where can they email us to tell us other movies Channing Tatum has not been in? Email us at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. If you want to just list off other movies of Ch- that Channing Tatum has not been in, listen, look at Wanna Be Old Girl, Sarah W. Got her email read in completion right here on the show. I'm sure she is sitting back right now, just beaming from ear to ear, and she deserves it. She deserves it. She, she, she righted a wrong, and she, uh, earned everything she got this episode and you could be in that very position if you're right as great of an email as sarah w did to the bo boys podcast at gmail.com and one other plug like we said listen to get rich nick it's a great podcast about how to win money or make money in all various ways and the bo boys have been on that feed many times in the last month we've got a couple of more episodes that we're probably going to tape right after what you're listening to now. That is a great place to get a little extra dose of the boys. Yeah, absolutely. And who doesn't want to get dosed by the boys? Mm-hmm. So we also have, just really quick, uh, a new review on Apple okay. Podcasts because we need these new reviews. Mm-hmm. We got one from Hashtag Horror Lifestyle. Okay. Well, that's the title. The title is Hashtag Horror Lifestyle. It's from AM1, and okay. it says, Fun Podcast, Brett Rules. So they're a, new, they're a new Flesh fan, and, you know, welcome to the party. So happy to have you. That is uh, a big hashtag that they have been... Uh, making pop all over the place on the new flesh hashtag horror lifestyle. We are happy to promote that uh, that hashtag. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite new hashtags of 2022. So happy to promote it here and thank you for the review and happy to have you on board. And really quick, another review. Sorry, I missed this one. We got one from Snoochie Boochies. Whoa. Five-star review, a slam doink, new to the show, and it's so good. I'm listening to old episodes, which is crazy, considering they're tied to the weekly box office. It's that good. Thank you, Snoochie Boochies. You are doing God's work. And yes, we are a historical document. We've said this before. Our, even though it's tied to weekly... You can, if you want to see what's happening in culture, if you want to see what's happening in the world, back in the past, Mm -hmm. go and listen to the week of our episode, that Mm -hmm. episode of that week, and you will know what's going on in culture in the world. Yes, yes. Um, And Snoochie Booches, thank you for that. And I am just going to assume that that is Jason Muse himself leaving that review because who else would dare to use the catchphrase if you are not the man himself, so. Nuge. All right, Clayton, I think we've done it. We did it. I don't think there's anything left to say except until next time. 
will we'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it.